Turning Failure into Success with Bill Hauser, episode 95. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today I have an amazing interview for you. This is going to end up being one of our top downloaded episodes without a doubt. Um, My friend, new friend, Bill Hauser is just phenomenal. He's a ball of energy, um, just a, a, a force to be reckoned with, with life and uh, and purpose. And I am so blessed to have met him and to uh, have started a, a new relationship with him that I... I really have high hopes for that, you know, uh, he's he's the kind of person that I like to be around, very positive, very motivated, and uh, you're going to, you're going to love this episode. This is all I have to say. Uh, but before I, uh, before I hit play on it and, uh, and give the mic over to him, I wanted to just give you one last reminder. Uh, you're hearing this on Thursday, May 7th. And on May 11th, Monday, May 11th, we have our Get Clients Now workshop. Don't miss the boat on this. This is a full day event where we're going to walk you through creating a sales system for your law firm. We're going to walk you through the hands-on. You're going to leave the day with a completed system ready to go. Uh, We're going to go through the software. We're going to go through the messaging. We're going to go through everything you need to do to take somebody from a lead to a sale. And uh, you don't want to miss this. It is foundational stuff. It's something that you every law firm should have in place. Many, many do not. And it's a, a unique opportunity to get access to that. And listen, folks, a full day event in person would be two grand. Um, virtual, you know, maybe we drop the price a little bit, $1,500, for this event. We are doing this for 97 bucks. It's not free. We purposely made it not free. We want you to, we want people to have skin in the game because we want you to show up fully and be present fully for it. Um, but for those of you who are leery to part with 20, with 97 bucks, you doubt that you're going to get the value I'm promising. We have a double your money back guarantee. We're literally going to pay you to attend the event if you don't get out of it. Um, you know, what we're claiming on that sales page. So go to profitwithlaw.com forward slash get clients now, profitwithlaw.com forward slash get clients now. Join us for the event May 11th and enjoy this episode. Uh, share it out, share it with your friends. This is a, a, a life altering, life changing episode. Trust me, listen to it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Here you go. Bill is somebody that I recently met. I don't I actually have to ask Bill, maybe he remembers how we connected initially. It might have been on LinkedIn, where Bill has, uh, he's the founder and CEO of the SMB team, which is one of the nation's fastest growing law firm marketing companies. Uh, but what's interesting, 
thing is, is I did the series of live streams, the COVID live streams, which uh, my avid listeners have uh, been tuning into uh, either live or here on the podcast. So you already know his name because he was a panelist on a number of those. And what's interesting is, is that in that experience of those live streams, I really got to meet the Bill Hauser and the just the energy and excitement that he brings to the marketing conversation and what and how passionate he is about what lawyers and law firms should be doing to market their firms caught my attention. And I said, you know what, Bill, we, I got to get you here on the show. So here we are. We're doing this interview and you guys are going to be the recipients of this amazing conversation. So let me just tell you a little bit more about Bill. He's also the author of a book called PPC for Lawyers, Not Dummies. And he's the host of the Lawyer Marketing Labs podcast. Didn't know that. Uh, he's the host of the SMB Team YouTube show, where there's hundreds of free videos on law firm marketing. And he's a part-time extreme sports athlete. So, Bill, in, just in reading your bio, which I didn't pre-read before <laughs> doing it here live, um, I've just learned some new things about you. So what I like to do at the beginning of a conversation is allow you to give the broad strokes of who you are, how you got to where you are. Just tell us your story and, you know, briefly, but, but give us some flavor uh, to let us know, you know, where you've been and, and how you got, got here today. So Bill, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you so much, Moshe, for having me on. Um, you know, uh, my story starts with uh, a lot of excitement that then kind of got ripped away really quickly. 2007, I was a uh, borderline professional motocross racer and I traveled all over the United States racing dirt bikes and I qualified for nationals in 2007 and I was like the Tom Brady type with no natural talent and had to work my butt off to even get anywhere in the sport and I finally qualified for nationals which was one of the biggest milestones for me in the sport and uh, three months after that I was training in in the winters, we'd go south to ride um, because it got cold where I live in Philadelphia. And I was at this track in North Carolina and I hit this 140 foot jump and my bike hit a bump on the face of the, the lip of the jump. And I nosedived and face planted in the ground and ended up going uh, from the highest highs to the lowest lows uh, and a millimeter away from being paralyzed, breaking two vertebrae in my back. And uh, shortly thereafter, my family went bankrupt. Uh, if we all remember, 2008 wasn't too good of a year for the economy. And my dad owned a $2 million paving company. And things were great. We were labeled as the, you know, decently well off family. Uh, and very quickly, everything we had was was ripped from us, uh, our house got repossessed. Uh, everything I owned got got literally uh, either a foreclosure sign put on it, um, every property we owned, everything, uh, the dirt bikes all gone in a matter of probably five months. Um, so, you know, what, what then happened after that is I went into pondering, uh, you know, I, I thought, how did the family business fail, uh, this bad? And, you know, I realized there were two things that happened in 2008 recession. Number one was we abandoned our marketing. And number two was we ignored the trends. And when I realized that these two things were the biggest mistakes we made, uh, 
Um, I wanted to make sure and make it my duty in business uh, to not only make sure I don't make those mistakes, but to make sure that my clients that we do marketing for don't make those same mistakes. Um, so long story short, uh, after a falling out with my dad, I ended up calling him uh, after not see, you know, talking to him for two years. And I wanted to master his marketing. At this time, his business was downsized. Um, and you know, he had one employee. And I said, you know what, dad, Let, let's, let's build you a marketing plan uh, so we become recession proof in your business. So I learned how to build on a website and uh, film a video and do all that fun stuff. And I built him a Google ads campaign. And one week later, after making 50,000 a year for, you know, two, three, four years at that point, just getting by, he landed a $200,000 job in one week of me launching that Google ads campaign. And it was a terrible campaign, um, but it still worked. And ever since then, I've been motivated uh, to, to help business owners master really internet marketing. Um, but I'm, I'm fueled by creating a recession-proof environment, both in my own company and for every business I interact with. So, um, so that's, what, that's what really gets me out of bed in the morning. What a story. Um, and you know what? As you're telling me the story, it, it reminded me of a book that I read. Uh, I, I don't know if you've read it, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Um, so yes. Hal's, Hal's story is very similar. Also, he got into a really bad uh, car wreck and was, you know, was, was near death and and came back from that. And that's how he got started with his message of uh, The Miracle Morning. But um, I don't want to take away from your story. It just it triggered that memory. So I wanted to mention yeah. it. But I, I'm curious about a couple of things, uh, you know, it, it really touches, you know, stories like that really touch on your heartstrings and you start to wonder like, what if I don't have a story like that? Can I still be out there in front of everybody and, and getting people's attention? I don't have a story like yours and yes, you can guys. But when you went to your dad and said, Hey, let me be your marketing guy. You said that you, you had been estranged for a while. How did how did he react to you wanting to help him with his business? I know that parents in general, you know, they, once they change your diapers, they, you know, they, they don't really want to want your advice. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of an interesting scenario playing out where you, you haven't been talking to each other and all of a sudden you show up and you're like, Hey, I've got a business proposition for you. So I'm just curious yeah. about how that went. We don't need to focus yeah. on it for long, but that's my curiosity. No, yeah. It, it's, um, you know, so the, the truth of the story, just to be vulnerable is, uh, I walked in on him with, with, you know, when he was cheating on my mom, uh, oh, during the, the whole recession and I'm an only child and, you know, he kind of held that against me uh for for a while you know he said you know I should have you know kept kept my mouth shut and shared it more artfully to mom and stuff like that so that's what caused our falling out um looking back you know I wouldn't change a thing because it's made me who I am today going through that that tough experience in in forgiveness um I I never transcended um you know my anxiety and uncertainty from that period of my life until I actually deep down formed true inner forgiveness um, towards him and towards myself for everything that happened in our family. And, uh, you know, so th there was a two, two year period when I didn't talk to him after everything happened with the family. And then I talked to him. And then there's the story, which I, is written in my book, PPC for lawyers, not dummies, which you guys can get for free at lawyerppcbook.com. 
Um, but regardless, in my book, I, I talk about how he called me two years later um, and he was holding a gun to his head and I didn't know. And I hung up on him and I told him I, I never wanted to talk to him again because he was uh, blaming me. So that was the last that was the last time I had talked to him um, mm -hmm. is when I heard from the lady he was living with that, you know, he he almost, uh, you know, took his own life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so two years after that, that's when we buried the hatchet. And I decided, you know what, the best thing I can do right now is operate from a place of true inner forgiveness. And the funny thing is, I get goosebumps right now saying this, um, it is, it's funny how the last five or six years of my life have been the most successful. And it all, it, it all started from a place of me forgiving him and, and learning Google ads, which now, you know, that's what our company does a, a whole lot of. So, so it's so entertaining, but the way I I'd love to say that it was me just calling him and saying, Hey dad, I want to work and change your business. But the truth is like, I was struggling at that point too. I wrote a book called worry 180. Um, nobody was buying it. It was a book on how I overcame anxiety from everything that happened in my family through forming high, high performance habits. Um, and I spent eight months writing it. And this is another thing that motivated me to learn marketing was I spent eight months writing a book and then I launched it and nobody bought it. Um, and I realized not only do I need to learn marketing to promote whatever business I do in the future, but I also need to learn marketing, uh, you know, to kind of bury the hatchet with my dad. Um, mm -hmm. And he was willing to pay me 500 bucks a week. So, um, you know, it seemed like a win, win, win at the time. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it, he was, we were ready to, I'd say 80% of the reason I worked with him was because we wanted to, we wanted to live together for a bit to kind of learn more about each other. Mm -hmm. um, and marketing just so happened to be what I mastered in that time period. Got it. Yeah. What a, what an amazing story. Um, and, and I, I'm sorry if I took you to a place that you didn't want to go, but, um, no. it's, uh, it's quite powerful, uh, when you share that and, um, just, just leads me back to, you know, my choice of, of, of bringing you here on the podcast. I think that our listeners are, are going to really, you know, uh, resonate with, with your story and, and, and your vulnerability. But I'm, I'm curious now how, why lawyers? What's the, what, yeah. what's the connection? And people ask me that all the time. So, uh, yep. but I know that my listeners are sitting there. Okay, great. So this, you know, he's got a great story and know why he went into marketing, but how did he come about serving lawyers? People want to know that too. Yep. It's at, so it's all, this is written about in my book, BBC for lawyers, not dummies. Um, but, uh, the story there is pretty funny. The, the thing that got me into lawyer marketing was when I, so I, I was, uh, the number one sales rep at ypyellowpages.com uh, out of 3000 reps. So basically after I left working with my dad, I went and joined uh, YP because I, I learned, okay, I mastered marketing working with my dad's company. Now I need to learn how to sell because I was very petrified of sales for some reason, even though it comes naturally to me. So I wanted to just conquer fear after fear, you know, marketing. Then I wanted to conquer sales. And so I decided to join YP and at YP, it came very naturally to me. Um, but I was very scared in the beginning. And yeah, the, you know, the, the story there was, uh, one day 
before I was supposed to fly out to California for the President's Club trip for winning first place in the entire $2 billion company um, with no experience. Uh, I was, you know, what, 20, 25 years old, um, you know, um, all expenses paid trip to California. My girlfriend's so excited at the time, who's now my fiance. And uh, I tell her, you know, the morning before we're supposed to leave, I say, I can't celebrate this success. I feel like crap. I don't believe the product I'm representing. And, you know, Tony Robbins says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure, right? Totally. So I, I hit success, but I felt worthless. So the day before that flight was going to leave, I resigned from the company and uh, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So then, you know, I got a good bonus check from YP, which then ended up being my seed money, which I ran through, through market research and planning out my company when really I could have started the company the next day. Um, yep. I was scared because there was, you know, non-compete and all, all these theoretical things I was worried about. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I spent eight months planning out the company and then I just, one day there was this settlement funding company that does pre-settlement funding and they, they ended up becoming my first client. Uh, they called me because I had cold emailed them when I was at YP and prospected them. And they were like, Hey, we'd like you individually to run our marketing. And just from that momentum shift of someone calling me, I ended up signing 10 clients in, in one month, in my first month, once like the floodgates opened. Um, and that settlement funding company is where I learned everything about marketing to plaintiffs, which my first vertical was personal injury. And uh, the funny thing was my first two clients before that settlement fun funding company they didn't pay me. So they weren't technically clients, right? So I did all this work. They promised they'd pay me after the work was done and I got ripped off and they were both contractors. I originally wanted to do contractors because my dad was a contractor. Um, and the settlement funding company paid me upfront and on time. And I was like, okay, maybe there's a difference in industry here, but the real reason and the thing that, that made me go all in on legal is because I, I found something unique and everyone listening right now can take something away here. When I looked at the settlement funding companies marketing, I realized, wow, I compared like the JG Wentworths of the world, you know, called JG Wentworth 877 cash. Now I looked at their landing pages. I looked at, you know, uh, you know, Oasis funding and all these big funding companies. And I looked at their, their landing pages meaning when people clicked on their ads and they were brought to a landing page, they were the most simple things ever. Like it was just apply now, see if you qualify for cash now, enter your info. And I looked at all these settlement funding companies and I compared it to the respective verticals of law, like workers' comp, personal injury. And I was like, what the heck? I was like looking at workers comp lawyers and it was all like their badges and awards and me, 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 all stuff about me. And then I look at the settlement funding companies, landing pages and ads, and it's all about you, you know, see if you qualify for cash now, apply now, like simple stuff, huge budgets. And that's where the light bulb went off for me was, man, if I can bring this level of simplicity to law firm marketing with very simple landing pages 
and very benefit focused ads, we can have tremendous success. So from that, we got a workers comp law firm who was a referral that worked with the settlement funding company. And that was our first legitimate law firm. And from there, you know, uh, word of mouth spread. And that's how we got into legal marketing. It's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And and I, I love how how all this stuff happens. Uh, you know, for me, I, I became a profit first professional and I got a lawyer from New York City as a lead and, you know, through profit first. They in turn referred another, referred another, referred another, and boom, I was serving lawyers. And that's, you know, and that's where I, I recognized that there was a, a missing piece in the marketplace that I could fill and uh, and I was off to the races. But also the other interesting thing is, is that we are very specifically serving an industry. And I think that's another thing that our audience can learn from us, which I harp on a lot in a lot of the stuff that I talk about, which is choosing a, a niche, you know, whether it's an industry, whether it's a ge geographic region and a practice area. But you you got to you got to know who you're talking to and who you're marketing to and you know you you do marketing you do it very well you could probably market any business out there easily uh yet you're focusing on legal and that just that's a that's setting you know showing an example of how you need to behave when it comes to marketing i'm curious you have a very interesting background with uh your extreme sports and stuff like that what what are the correlations that you can make between your being involved in extreme sports, your training, your experience there, and your ability to be a successful business owner running uh, a highly successful marketing agency? A lot of people out there start a business. There's a lot of marketers out there, and you know a lot of them try and and don't make uh, a dent in in the legal space. You know, you're here, you have. Um, and I'm sure that some of it has to do with your own personal experiences. So do you, do you see that there's a, a correlation between those and, and what do you think those attributes are? Yeah, um, it's a good question. And, um, I think my background in, in racing dirt bikes, I, now I've broken maybe, I think 19 bones by this point, I've broken my, my upper arm, both both collarbones, multiple ribs. I've broken my leg. I've had reconstructive, uh, leg surgery. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, you name it, I've, I've broke the bone probably, um, in separate incidents, right. Not all at one time. And, um, I think the, the thing that I've learned is, and, and that I apply in business is an, an, an immense ability to take risk. You know, I think, there's, there's other discipline factors and habits, which I could go into quickly. I'm very regimented with some of my habits. Um, but I, I'd say the number one thing that has allowed us to, you know, have 300% year over year growth and, you know, go from two and a half years ago, me just alone on a laptop to now having 12 full-time in-house W2 employees and, you know, doing almost $2 million a year in our, in our, you know, our, our second full year of business. Um, and, and also retaining quality assurance is, is an, is a un, unusual ability, um, to, to take calculated risk. Um, that is my role in our company. 
you know, I'm young, I'm, I'm 28 years, years old as of the time of this filming. I've already almost been paralyzed. I've already broke 19 bones. And, you know, I always, I always tell my mom this, uh, you know, I, I always tell her how grateful I am for my injuries because um, when you compare the perceived injury, quote unquote, of taking a risk in business to almost being paralyzed for life, it's, it's almost not even comparable. So I operate from a mindset of, well, what the hell is the worst that could happen? You know, and, and I remember the first, the first employee I hired, right? When I first, and this is going to be, uh, you know, for some of you who are bigger law firms, you'll remember this moment. And for some of you who are smaller, you'll go through this. And you finally get to like 15, 20 K a month ish. And you have to make that first decision to part ways with like a third of that, right? And, and pay someone five grand a month or something to handle a portion of, of your business. I mean, that emotion was, was such a thrill for me, but I made the decision in minutes. I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be, this is one third of everything I've just got with my clients. Oh my God, da, 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 da. just do it. And then from there, I hired like four people within the next like, uh, I don't know, two months or so. And it was just a lot easier um, and, you know, but I think what, what's allowed me to, to, uh, to grow quickly, same thing with the webinars we've had, uh, I did the math. We've had, uh, just under 10,000 unique registrants for our webinars in the last month. Um, and prior to me doing the, the webinars that I did for lawyers a month ago, um, I had never done one webinar in my life like never even use Zoom for webinars. I've done like Zoom calls like this, never a webinar. I've never used Eventbrite. I've never promoted a webinar. And now a month later, I took the risk. I, you know, I just had this crazy thought that of what I could see happening. And I immediately had these, all these objections come up like, well, what if, what if I can't deliver on what I promise? Or what if the webinar is a flop? I remember the first Zoom webinar I held, I thought web, Zoom was just gonna crash. Like I just had this unusual fear, but I just did it. And, and now we're, you know, 10, I've built an email list of almost 10,000 email addresses from an idea that I freaking executed. And multiple people talked about it, right? And said, oh, we're thinking about doing that too. Or we're thinking about this. And I said, okay, I'm going to drop what I'm doing. And I'm just going to actually execute it with as, as much precision as I possibly can. Um, so I think the risk-taking uh, 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 you know, capacity is, is what every business needs. And the challenging thing is if you're not naturally a risk-taking individual, you have to get there. You're not going to get there by freaking yourself out. You have to get there through progressive desensitization, which is like one of the most important things I follow in personal development is how can I put, how can I make myself feel a little bit stupid every day? Meaning how can I push myself to the edge of my circle of competency? Right. And this, this is what Warren Buffett talks about, you know, investors should stay within their circle of competency, not invest in things they don't understand. Well, my life purpose, which I write down every morning, is I improve belief systems by pushing myself and others to the edge of our circle of competency.
So I frequently tell my team, my friends, everyone I meet that there's going to be times where I'm not liked, but, but that's okay because my purpose is not, I nowhere in that statement does it say to be the most liked person. It's to improve belief systems by pushing myself and others to the edge of our circle of competency. So I'm always looking for opportunities to be the dumbest person in the room or to, to, you know, I, I call it opportunities to stutter, right. To, to where you're like, you know, how can I put myself in an environment where I'm, I, I, I'm, I, there's the risk of stuttering. Um, the, the other side of that would be uh, the discipline side, right? Cause you, you can only get so far just having risk tolerance and then taking action. But then the next step with Moshe is really good at is, is actually systemizing after the, the, after the blast, right? The, there's a, there's a huge blast when you try something new, you, you, you learn some lessons as to what worked. You learn some, some uh, losses, right. And, and things you don't want to do again. And then you, it's your job or someone in your company's job to organize the rubble and to go, Oh, okay, this worked. That didn't work. People reacted like this. Huh? How can I systemize this? And that's what we're going through right now with the webinars is, you know, how can we systemize our Eventbrite creation process and our uh, finding speech, which is becoming a problem. I just put out uh, a request to Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown uh, to, to speak on one of our upcoming webinars. I'm just, you know, trying to find a way to keep, keep it raising it. I'm, I, you know, John Morgan, I've emailed John and Matt Morgan. I've probably emailed 10 times as of now. Um, if you're listening, I want you on one of our webinars, um, but it's time consuming. And I'm trying to find a way to systemize that because now we're, now the dust has settled. We've tried something new and now it's time to organize the rubble. And if you read um, Principles, the book by Ray Dalio, he, he frequently talks about the success cycle where you know success is never a straight line. It's, it's frequently, uh, you know, it goes up and then there's, there's a big failure at some point. You learn what happened through the failure. You create a new system to prevent it again. And then you go higher and then you go higher and then you go higher. And it's a constant evolving uh, loop of success, failure, build system, success, failure, build system. And for, for a lot of lawyers listening right now, I don't know what phase you're in, but there's always uh, on, on the opposite side of, of where you feel like you've hit success, just know failure will come at some point or whether it's perceived or real, whether it's emotional or actually financial, right? Some failure is going to hit. And then once that failure hits, are you going to flatline or are you going to go into the loop and, and, and actually inspect the failure and understand, wow, something wasn't built here. Something wasn't sustainable here. And maybe I need to hire someone to take care of X, Y, and Z, which is where I dropped the ball in this failure. And if I hire someone there, then yes, maybe I'll be at break even for a month or two, but then I'll be free to do the things that I'm naturally advanced at. And, and that happens in business, right? If you're you know, growing from the 20K a month to 40K a month mark, as an example, 
right? There's times you're going to get close to break even if you're committed to growing and if you're actually investing money, right? Where you're going to hire someone probably a little too early. You're going to fire someone probably a little too late. And within there, I, I was giving someone advice last night, um, one of my close friends, and I said, profit margin is wisdom, right? Because every time you get burned or every time you make a mistake and you don't make that mistake again, that usually shows up in a profit and loss sheet as a result of wisdom, right? I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm not going to waste that money there again. And then you get a little bit more margin. And then you go through and then you, you break even again. You learn a new thing. Oh, I'm not going to waste money on that again. I'm not going to do this again. And you get a little bit more margin, which is experience. Um, so, you know, I think the discipline side of it, um, you know, if, if, I, if I just want to finish this point off really quick with actual tacticals is I, I must write my goals every morning. I must write my gratitudes every morning, um, which I did this morning. I'll just, uh, are they going to be able to see the, the film of this or no? So this, uh, the video recording is going to go on our YouTube channel that does not exist yet. So we're compiling a library of video, but it is a, awesome. in the plans for Q2 or Q3 this year for us to start a YouTube channel. So folks, stay tuned for that. Uh, this is being yep. recorded last year in December when we ran the Law Firm Growth Summit. Uh, one of the bonuses we gave is the video recordings for the podcast that were done on video. Um, and, and that people who purchased that all access pass have access to uh, a dozen video interviews that are not out in the public uh, right now. But uh, yes, eventually somebody will be able to see this video. Awesome. So yeah, in, in that case, I just wanted to show proof. You know, the, the day of this, this uh, interview is uh, Thursday, April 16th, 2020. Uh, I apologize if it dates it, but I wrote down five things I'm grateful for my health goals, my relationship goals, my spiritual goals, my wealth goals, and my life purpose. I improve belief systems by yeah. pushing myself and others to the edge of my circle of competency. So go ahead. Yeah, it's amazing that you that you do that. I'm curious to know how long that exercise takes. I know you do it every day, so you probably have it down to, you know, to a little bit more of a science. But I, when it comes to, to morning routines, I mean, it, people are all over the map, but they basically say, I don't have time. And, yep. um, you know, so I, I, I actually wanted to, to go back on a few things that you said and, and highlight some of the, some of the things, but Hey, we're, we're here. I'm asking the question. So, um, yeah. just maybe you can help some of us figure out how to tackle that. Cause obviously that's one of the habits that's, you know, a key to your success is, is just focusing on yourself and, and understanding yourself on a daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, again, it, it can't all just be risk taking, right? It also, there needs to be execution and there needs to be very, very strong habits, which by no means am I, am I perfect? And I always edit my habits. If you don't upgrade your operating system, that's a problem, right? If you don't upgrade your iPhone for five years, there's probably going to be a problem. Um, so you know, what I do is I, I have a very regimented morning routine and I have uh, daily and quarterly planning rituals that I follow. So the morning routine is uh, actually it's been simplified and simplified. I, I always say this Picasso once said all of his greatest pieces of art were not finished until there was nothing left to remove rather than add. Right. So 
I've been in a constant process of removal in my morning routine to just keep what matters. So right now, what matters most? Soon as the alarm goes off, um, no sleeping in beyond 10 minutes. Um, next is if before I go out of bed, I must smile, right? So that is the first step before, before I'm actually standing up out of bed. I, I force myself, whether it's just mechanically, um, to, to, you know, smile and get the enzymes moving in my brain of, of gratitude. Then the next step, you know, I have all this written out cause I'm a little OCD, um, is to brush my teeth and just, just right there. I've, I've like checklisted three things off. That's why it's important to break it down to the ridiculous. Then now that we have an amazing puppy, I take the puppy out to go to the bathroom, feed the puppy. But then right after that, I meditate for 15 minutes. I just hit 732 sessions in headspace. Um, and I've been meditating for probably five years. I do it 15 minutes every morning. My, my main focus there is to be uh, objective in my awareness of thoughts and sensations. And, uh, you know, so what that looks like, I used to try the biggest mistake I think people make in meditation is they try to be positive or try to meditate, but really meditation should be an awareness exercise where you do not judge the thoughts or the feelings that you experience during the meditation. So I'm in a process now in my meditation where I'm trying to just let my mind go and then to just, just to kind of unwind without my involvement. And I'm, and I'm looking to just let whatever feelings come up go. And I'm not trying to change them or improve them. And it's very easy, right? If you're doing meditation right, it should feel like you're not doing anything. Um, right. The key so to meditation meditate. is being still and, and just allowing the sound of your breathing and, and the stillness of, of, of your, your lack of movement to, to let your mind settle and allow those thoughts to come to the surface. I agree. And for, for a lot of the people listening right now, you are a business owner, a lawyer, and you are going to feel so tempted as a go-getter to change your thoughts. But I've, I've realized that it's better to just let them go. And as, and as soon as you give them the free reign to go, it's funny. The negative thoughts kind of just dissipate like a cloud in the sky. So I meditate. Then after that, I try to exercise right after that. Sometimes I'll write my goals and gratitudes first. So I have pillars. I must write my goals and gratitudes. I must meditate. I must exercise and stretch every morning. So I have like a 20 stretch routine I follow. Right now I'm doing a high intensity circuit and then a jog outside every day. Um, the reason why I found it's important, yes, I get great, great glycogen in my brain. My brain runs great in the morning, but I could waste that glycogen by looking at the stock market or looking at, you know, uh, catching up on emails, I could hammer through emails in the morning, but I've realized that the pillars that are most important is health first and first mental health, then physical health, right? Cause I've been, I've been physically healthy at one point in my life when I was experiencing anxiety, I was physically healthy, great shape, 
looking, but mentally I was a mess and I'll never, I'll never let that happen again. So I, I do them in order of priority. I must meditate first, then exercise, then write down goals and gratitudes. Um, so then separate from that, uh, I pace around my house like a complete weirdo um, and recite my major definite purpose statement from the book, Think and Grow Rich. So I, I claim, you know, uh, you know, I, I believe I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. Therefore, I demand of myself persistent, continuous action towards its attainment. And I hear and now promise to take such action. And I say that out loud every morning. And there's, it's way longer than that. There's a lot more phrases. I realize that through the principle of auto-suggestion that every desire that I hold in my mind will eventually seek expression through some practical means of attaining the object. Um, yeah, I, it's like a ritual for me. And uh, I don't know, my neighbors probably think I'm, you know, I don't know, crazy or something. Forget the neighbors. Um, How about the fiance? <laughs> She's used to it. She gets motivated by it now. Um, and then, and then, yeah, my last step uh, before I leave the house is I always want to look like I'm going after a million dollars. That's my rule. So I try not to, to dress like a slouch. Um, and, you know, I just want to feel like I'm going after something and, and if an opportunity pops up, I'm going to be presenting myself in a way where I can capitalize on that opportunity. So those are my morning routine musts. That's awesome. And, and folks, I, I, you know, there's so many lessons in, in what Bill is sharing. And I thought we were going to be talking about PPC, but we're not. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about his life and, and what he does. Because when you see somebody who is, who's got, got it figured out, who's killing it, you know, who's, who's, who's getting success. And, and, and I know Bill, you're sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? Like, I've got so much more to go, right? I've got so much work to do. Successful people don't define themselves as successful. So I'm not going to be able to ask Bill, Hey, do you think you're successful? But I can see the proof is in the pudding, right? I can see how he carries himself. I can see how he talks. I can see the, the webinars he puts on, the number of people it, it, it attracts. Um, there's something going on here, you know, like there's something that he's doing that we need to learn from. And that's why I've been asking him these questions. That's why we're, we went in this direction for this conversation. So I want to make sure that we're honing in on some of the lessons that were, you know, that, that came up here that, that, Maybe obvious, but I want to highlight them anyway. The first is Bill shared with us um, that he takes risks and he might have already um, exercised and perfected his risk muscle by breaking 19 bones in his body on separate occasions, right? You might not have that experience. You might be risk averse. We had a guest on the podcast not long ago, Benji Smith from the Law Flip podcast. That was episode 87. And he is an attorney, and we talked about his experience in building his law practice, and he went in, in 18 months and, and built a, a highly successful law firm. And his main message in that podcast was, I take risks. I'm not afraid to do something that's risky. I'm not afraid to, you know, and it's not reckless. It's not being reckless. It's taking calculated risks. You decided that this might pay off, so you go after it. And the difference between the successful people and the people who are just struggling to figure it out are the fact that they're taking action. And one thing that Bill, that you, that you shared, and I want to tell you my perspective, you use the word, you know, if you fail, that you can learn this, that I don't believe in failure. I don't think it's possible to fail because if you don't achieve the goal you set out to achieve, 
there's a lesson to be learned there. And if you learn the lesson, you succeeded just as much as if you would have gotten that goal. So every, every uh, lack of attaining a goal, which we normally would identify as a failure, is actually a success. But it's only a success if you look for that lesson, if you figure out what did I have to learn from this? And it could be that, hey, this doesn't work and I try something else. That could be the only success that's there. But chances are there's a dozen other lessons to be learned from that lack of success that you're that you're 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 calling it a lack of success. You're calling it a failure. You're creating that label. The reality is, is that it's only labeled that way because you desired a different outcome. But the outcome you got was exactly what you were supposed to get based on the inputs you put in. The question is, is were your inputs wrong? Did you go about it the wrong way? Did you have some assumptions you made going into it that were wrong? And if you start to look at that and every time that you don't achieve your goal, you do an exercise to identify at least eight, maybe 12 lessons that you can learn from that experience. And it gets very difficult. Once you get past four or five, it gets very hard to come up with them. So you really need to put your thinking cap on, but that's where the success happens in that exercise. Uh, so risk-taking is huge, but also looking at your experiences and learning from them. And I love that that definition of profit margin and, and profit margin comes from your experiences of those th those things that you learned from your past mistakes and you're not making those mistakes again because um, mistakes cost you money. And that's where you're freeing up that money by not making those mistakes again. So I love that that the way that you describe that. Um, and then look at his morning routine. Now, granted, Bill ha has self-proclaimed he has OCD. Great. Um, if you don't have OCD, you might have a little bit more of a difficult time of doing it exactly precisely that way. And if you have kids at home, I feel you because with kids at home, I mean, 630 is when my morning routine ends. So if I didn't get out of bed before 630, forget about it. There is no morning routine. Now, pre-COVID, I started my workday at 11 o'clock. Personally, that's what I did because I made a decision that taking care of myself was the most important thing for me. And because I couldn't do it in the morning before the kids got off to, off to where they were going, daycare and school and everything, um, I made the conscious decision to do it after. And from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. is when I do my morning routine, or at least I did pre-COVID. Um, and now I'm struggling with it because the kids are home and, and all day. So I'm only working four hours a day. My wife and I are splitting, are splitting our work time. Um, and I am trying to wake up earlier to make it happen. Hasn't happened yet. We're, we're five weeks into this, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But don't be hard on yourself because of unique situations like what we're going through right now. But start to look at where you can create that margin to make that happen. Because if you start to look through history and look at all the books and, and, and conversations with successful people, one thing is for sure. Successful people are very intentional with how they get things done. They have systems. They have processes. They go through these motions that are are habitual for them. Another great book, I bring it up all the time on the podcast, is Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear, where he tells you, he goes through how you can implement those habits. Um, the stuff that you're, that you're describing in the morning routine, Hal Elrod, The Morning Miracle, talks about how to create the it's ritual for yourself in the morning that you're going to um, that you're going to at, uh, 
set yourself up for success every single day. And what it, what these things are doing, what these habits are doing is it's creating this awareness about why you're here today. Um, another thing that I refer to all the time is the book Living Forward by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy, where in Living Forward, they teach you to create a written life plan. And one of the exercises they have you do is to write your own eulogy. And what that does is, is it, it makes you so intimately aware of what is my purpose here. And if we don't do that, if you don't have that awareness every single day, you're going to find that you wasted the day. And one day wasted, it's very expensive, but it's one day. But when you start to stack them, when you start to have multiple days wasted, and that happens over and over and over again, you're going to be five years down the road, 10 years down the road, and you look back and you have almost nothing to show for it. And if you look at successful firm owners, why some of them are able to knock it out of the park in two years, and some of them take 20 years to get there, I am sure that it's these things, not risk-taking, not having a routine to be aware of their purpose and to be front and center of their goals all the time. Goal setting is huge. It's your GPS. It's your mapping system. If you drive a car without a map, without a GPS, and it's not local driving, and you're going somewhere to the unknown, and you don't, have, you don't know where you're going, and you don't know how to get there, your chances of getting there are slim to none. And that's what we're doing as business owners. So you have to be on that path. You have to be aiming for that direction and you need to be constantly checking, hey, did I go? The great analogy that I hear uh, from, from my coaches a lot is an airplane, right? Did you know that when you get, when you get into an airplane and it starts flying, that 99% of the time the airplane is off course? The entire way that airplanes fly is by constantly recorrecting the course. That's how that's that's how it works. Now, in in major airline jets, it's done with an autopilot system that's doing these fine corrections all the time for for the pilot. But the pilot is is in charge there. And basically, if a, if a plane takes off from Los Angeles, California, and it's off by one degree and it's aiming to New York, it will end up near Antarctica or near or 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 somewhere somewhere in the deep south right it it'll end up thousands of miles away from where it's supposed to be by just being one degree off so what what happens is is we need to constantly be course correcting those course corrections are little tiny corrections that have to happen every single day and the only way for that to happen is if we are so in tune to what our goals are and what our objectives are and we're constantly focusing on what am I going to do today that's going to change it? What, what am I going to do today that's going to take me one little step closer to achieving that? And if you're not doing that, start looking at what you're doing. Start looking at what you're doing and say, is this working for me? Maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something to learn from what Bill is sharing, from what Moshe is sharing, um, these guests are sharing. I think one, one thing I want to add there is um... – you know, we're, we're, we, we talked about a lot of these concepts of risk and then discipline. And I think a good thing to, to, to kind of leave on as a big point is if you can be disciplined with yourself, your business has an exponentially higher chance of, of attracting both disciplined people and creating a disciplined culture, right? So you're probably thinking, how does this relate to my business? If I, if I were to do a morning routine every morning, if I'm, if I'm going to write my goals down every morning, if I'm going to keep those commitments with myself, how, what's, what's in it for my business, right? Um, and, or for my law firm, right? 
Well, the, the truth is your team and your clients will learn more through absorbing your actions than they will through your words. I just know this for myself. If I were to ask my team to write down their goals every morning and I show up 10 days in a row doing it, I guarantee you that is exponentially easier to enforce than me missing some days. Um, so the same thing carries over to setting goals on a quarterly or annual basis for your law firm, right? So if, if you're going to be that disciplined with yourself by writing down your personal goals every morning, health, relationships, spirit, and business, then the next step is, well, how do you communicate that down to your team and to your clients, right? Through, through building a brand. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tongue in cheek kind of, kind of build, build off of what Masha said real quick and say, yes, you need to be forgiving to yourself for missing some, some, some days and things, but I'm, I'm going to actually say, it's more important in the beginning to not be forgiving with yourself and to have one or two absolute musts. And it's uncomfortable to say that because when you commit to something as an absolute must, it is you're immediately taking away the freedom. For example, you've had with your kids in the morning, right? There's a sacrifice on the opposite side of every absolute must. And what I'm saying is, pick your top two, whether it's writing down your goals, whether it's exercising, whether it's meditation, whether it's, you know, smiling, just one little thing, smiling. I'm going to smile every morning before I step foot out of the bed and keep at least one or two core commitments and don't be forgiving with yourself. Again, my life purpose is not to be liked here. It's to tell you the things that are going to expand your circle of competency. Um, So I just wanted to make that quick point. Yeah, awesome. Well, Bill, we are out of time, and I, I this was such a fun conversation that we now need to come back and have another interview to talk about PPC. <laughs> but, folks, Bill has an amazing book for you, and I'm going to let him share with you how you can go about uh, picking that book up somewhere um, and uh, just uh, briefly about it, and then we're going to wrap this up. I actually yep. have a, a call in a couple of minutes, so we're gonna. We're gonna I'll, do, I'll I'll do the elevator pitch. There you okay? go. It's just go to lawyerppcbook.com. That's lawyerpayperclickppcbook.com. The book is called PPC for Lawyers, Not Dummies. First half of the book is my life story. Uh, the second half of the book is lessons that I've learned uh, managing around ten million a year in lawyer ad spend on Google Ads. Uh, about what works, what doesn't work, and uh, the common pitfalls and and money drains we've seen in the space. So again, lawyerpbcbook.com, and that's it. Awesome. Bill, thank you so much for your generosity, your time here. I know your time is precious, um, but this is... I couldn't have asked for a better episode. I, everyone's going to love it. This is really, really went in a, a direction I did not expect. And I love your story. I love the stuff that you're doing. And uh, we're, we're definitely going to keep in touch. And, and I, I'm going to have you back here for sure. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. And everyone, pick your one habit and then do it and don't give up. 
All right, folks, with that, your show notes can be found at ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash number of the episode. Not sure what number this episode will be, so uh, you'll know when you look in your podcast player. Also, we tried to gather all the resources we mentioned and put links to them here in the show, show uh, right in the details section of your podcast player, but also it's on the show notes page. Uh, we invite you to go there for that. If this is your first time with us, make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time we release a new episode. We release episodes once to twice a week. Uh, Tuesdays is solo episodes, just me in front of the microphone talking to you about what's on my mind. And then on Thursdays, I try to bring to you some amazing personalities. We've been pretty consistent lately with every Thursday having a guest, and I hope that it stays that way. Um, And I hope that you're enjoying the show. If you are, we would love it if you would give us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice. Uh, Those ratings and reviews are what people use to decide whether to check our show out. So it helps us tremendously when you do that. And I don't care if it's a one-star rating, just give me something. And that's it. So (laughs) take care, have a great day, and I will see you on Tuesday. Well, folks, there you have it. I told you your mind will be blown. You will love this episode, and I hope that you actually did. I I love every conversation I have with Bill, and I love when I have him on. Uh, You know, I got to experience him on the COVID livestream series, and I I just can't wait to have him back again in some way, shape, or form for one of our events. I'm really looking forward to that opportunity. So just want to give you one quick reminder. Again, Monday, May 11th, we've got our full day workshop, Get Clients Now. Uh, If you're getting to that page after the event, we most likely are going to package that up for purchase, you know, as a recorded event. I don't know what we're going to price it at at that point. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. Uh, So if you're thinking about joining, definitely join. But if you're listening to this after May 11th, check out the URL, see what we got, uh, what we left there for you. Yeah, it may make sense to to still check it out. So uh, profitwithlaw.com forward slash get clients now. Profitwithlaw.com forward slash get clients now. Um, check it out. There's a lot of detail right there on that page. So you can really understand what we're doing. Full day event. We have Mark Homer from GNGF. We have Melanie Leonard from Streamline Legal. We have Andy Stickle. Um, from Social Firestarter and Maddie Martin from Smith AI, all uh, experts that are going to be working with you throughout the day and myself, of course. So I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Once again, it is uh, there is an investment to it. It's $97, but uh, folks, it's you know obviously that expense is a joke uh, compared to the value that you're getting. And we're, we're simply creating a filter to make sure that we're getting serious people who are going to join us for the day. So, you, you know, um, take that wallet out, go to profitwithlaw.com forward slash get clients. Now, just put in your details and we'll see you there. Take care. Have you been enjoying the show? We sure hope so. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. Next week, we will be back with more valuable resources and ideas on how to break the mold and take your law firm to the next level.